Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rumors versus Facts, the UGA Sports Recruiting Show. We have it every Monday at eight thirty. We're a little, maybe a little bit late tonight. That's because uh, it's my fault. I was having some internet issues. Um, not a whole lot I can do about it. Jed's sick, so that was also working against us. But we are here. We're not. We're live now. We appreciate everybody joining us. Of course, uh, my name is Roddy DeBolsey. I am your uh, co-host for the next uh, few minutes here as we talk recruiting. Lance McCurley is joining us, of course. Trent Smallwood is with us, and we have a very, very special ghost guest, Joseph Winden from National Preps. Uh, last time we had Joe Winden on, it was a huge success. Everyone wanted to talk about it, rave about it. Uh, oh, it's the first time I haven't seen anybody say, hey, I had an issue with something he said. So <laughs> that, that'll come. That'll come. Especially he's got some crap he wants to dish out tonight. He's got some tea he wants to spill and some uh, insider nuggets that he's going to give us. So we have the legendary Joe Winden, a former college coach, the guy who runs national preps in this area, uh, knows more about recruiting than three of us combined. So we're glad he's with us. Uh, let's start off with the news of the week. Last night, we broke the news that uh, Josh Crawford would be Georgia's new running backs coach. And we told everybody the night before it happened, watch James Coley uh, as you know, the guy to be Georgia's new uh, wide receivers coach. They got uh, both those guys. The hires are now official. So UJ finally put the news out that they, you know, basically what we reported is now done. James Coley back in Athens. Josh Crawford from Georgia Tech now in Athens. Uh, guys, give me your thoughts on those uh, new hires and what they mean for Georgia on the recruiting trail. This is a recruiting show, so let's talk about it. That uh, that hire at running backs coach, that's from Georgia Tech. That's extremely um, great for Kirby because I know that uh, it's hard to replace Dell, uh, you know, having so much uh, – you know, in, you know, in state connections, but, you know, if you look at, if you look at his, um, you know, resume, it speaks for itself. I mean, he's coached at Jefferson County. He's coached at Lee County. He's coached at uh, Colquitt County and just all these South Georgia schools and just across the state. And, you know, that helps when uh, these Georgia coaches walk into the hallways, um, you know, doing these contact periods. Yeah. I think that there's a, it's a, it's a guy that you wanted to fill that spot with a guy that's familiar with the state and that, and, and that Crawford is um, Crawford's got a lot of ties in the state, um, how he is as a coach or what he'll be like as a running back coach is to be determined because he's a wide receiver coach at Georgia tech. But, um, you know, I think he's, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's an offensive guy. Um, he brings another offensive mind into that room and uh, he's got the in-state ties. So um, you you had to uh, replace you, – you're losing um, McClendon and um, Dale. Plus, plus, and yeah, but plus a couple more. Brand Brown, <laughs> Will Muschamp. Yep. yep. But, you, but you, got, you had to get some in-state uh, connections. And I think, um, you know, he's an in-state connection when James Coley is a guy that, uh, you know, had, had the South, deep South Florida connections. Yeah, when I think of James Coley uh, coming back to Athens, I, we've had so many people go, I hate this hire. I'm like, are you on drugs? I mean, if, you, if you're on drugs, that's fine. We can uh, we can put you in touch with our friends over at uh, the Rogue Shop, you know, and get you some gummies there to calm your ass down. But James Coley coming back to Athens is gigantic. This is huge. You're getting a guy who is, you know, has been hired as an offensive coordinator to come back and be a position coach, which is good. Uh, he's obviously uh, accomplished at coaching wide receivers. 
but the talent level, the, the, the talent pool that he was able to pull to Athens while he was here, then to Texas A&M. And the last thing you want is him taking all that Miami talent and send it to South Carolina, a team you know, right, right across the border. Uh, that is, he is an elite recruiter, and you're getting him back. You saw what having Fran Brown did for you in the Northeast. Huge. Uh, you know, what Will Muschamp could do all over the place. What uh, uh, Dell Bagui uh, could do in the Columbus, Phoenix City area, West Georgia. Uh, guys have their regions, and the most, the biggest hotbed of college football, uh, especially skill talent, is Miami. When he left, Miami kind of closed down for Georgia. So getting him back is gigantic, and you get him back for a song. You're not uh, having to pay him to be an offensive coordinator. Uh, folks are mad about his offensive coordinator ship tenure. He's not that. So you get back the the best thing that he does. He helps you recruit and develops your wide receivers. And, uh, again, losing Brian McClendon is a huge blow. I think, I think fans judge on the last thing that they've – recently seen and uh, yes. the, the last thing they've re recently seen is james coley as offense coordinator in athens which is a total disaster of a year but at the same time you, you don't remember the years before that where he was pulling uh elite south florida talent not just wide receivers i mean it was um uh, other players as well so three uh, five stars you know you know you pull, pulling you have to look back and and look at what he did as a whole at the University of Georgia instead of judging him on that one year where he was the play caller, because he did a a lot of good things uh, for the University of Georgia. You know, he brought in Matthew Landers. So, I think it's interesting, Robert, that you mentioned regional recruiting, because I think one of the things that Curry certainly was thinking about when he hired Josh Crawford is who's going to be able to go down to South Georgia and keep Florida State out of our kitchen. Right, because good point. Georgia and Florida State really wants to try and dominate South South Georgia. So whoever's going to be in that South Georgia area for you as an area recruiter needs to have connections and a network of people in that area, right? And then Coley the same way. You say, who can we put in South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area that has connections? <laughs> You know, because, you know, these the, the kids that Georgia, Miami, Florida State are recruiting, right? It's not about identifying those kids. It's about identifying the influencers around them yes. that's going to make them make a decision, right? And the more of those influencers that you know, the more information you're going to have to recruit the kid and find out what is it, what's his why, right? And and what, what, what's important to him in this recruiting process. So having those guys that are familiar with particular regions, you know, um, is very important. And Josh has a lot of network in South Georgia, and Coley has a lot of network in South Florida. Yeah, and, you, and you're adding Coley with, with T-Rob in Florida and um, and Hartley, who is Jacksonville. So, I mean, you're, you're really um, – teaming up in florida to to kind of take over that state uh as well um because he didn't have he didn't have those uh, i guess teammates the last time he was at, at the university of georgia so um uh, you kind of got three guys who can go down in florida and, and, and you know recruit at an elite level hey you're right uh i was thinking about Travis robinson we didn't give 
think when he got hired, I don't remember that we had a show, but getting him is a big. Here's the thing. People forget that Will Muschamp is an absolute closer. And a lot of the guys, Georgia went through, what, three different uh, coaches in the secondary there for a while. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Die and uh, the other guys that you're kind of flipping real quick. And everyone's like, well, what's this going to do for uh, closing with defensive backs? I'm like, a lot of the defensive backs, are the last two guys they talked to are Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart. You know, Kirby takes a very active interest in his uh, defensive backs. You know, that's that's his that's his baby. That's his area, his secondary, and having Will Muschamp. And so I think we a lot of people didn't really gauge the how important it was or how big a blow it was to lose Will Muschamp. Yeah, he's still part of the staff, and I don't know that he'll be there for a, for a long time, but you know, he'll at least be there through spring. But he's not out on the road recruiting. And to your point, if you get uh, Traveris down there, and you get uh, Todd Hartley in Jacksonville, the stuff that he can do. And Joe, you nailed it. I mean, Georgia's fighting to keep Elias Williams, you know, down in South Georgia. FSU is coming hard for him. I can see the Seminoles flipping him and uh, Georgia, you know, having to get Bear uh, Tenney to sign with him. Uh, just because, to your point, every every time we go to Lounge, every time we go to Valdosta, every time we talk to anybody, hell, even Colquitt County. Uh, anything South Georgia we're hearing about FSU's was here the other day. They they came by practice the other day, so you're right there. But if you think about it, from basically Montezuma South is closer to Tallahassee than it is to Athens, mm-hmm. right? And Montezuma is not much further south of Warner Robins where I live at. You know, so there's a lot of South Georgia below Montezuma. And, you know, if you look through the industry and you guys may be familiar with this, if you can get into if you can get a recruit on your campus five times at some point in time in his recruitment, you can get him there five times. You're 40 percent more likely to sign that player. Right. And I know NIL now puts a monkey wrench in some of that, but. The NIL money that Georgia is offering and Florida State is offering, it's very similar, right? So, you know, at that point, if the NIL is very similar, then it's going to ultimately come back to relationship and comfortability, right? And for that kid in Albany or that kid in Brunswick or that kid in Folkestone, it's easier for him to go to Tallahassee than it is for him to go to Athens. So you got to have great relationship with that kid to overcome that geography. And, and folks, I want to, this is a complete aside for what we're talking about, but Joe touched on it and I want you to understand that we get this question all the time. Hey, I'm not excited about recruiting anymore just because at the last second NIL can change everything. Yes, it can. And it has done so in a couple big cases, you know, uh, Dylan Rayola comes to mind, uh, uh, Caleb Downs comes to mind. Some of that stuff can happen. You see a kid going one way, and then all of a sudden, hey, last-second change. Sometimes it works in Georgia's favor. But the vast majority, if you look at the twenty, the guys who signed in the class of 2024, the vast majority of them visited a lot, made their decisions, stuck with it, had other NIL offers, stuck with Georgia. It, it, will, it will affect some of them. But the most important thing besides NIL is what Joe mentioned – who are the 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 why people? Who I don't I don't call them handlers, but who are the people who help these guys make decisions? And the, all three of us were at the rival of uh, the uh, Under Armour camp 
in Carrollton last week. We did a whole show about it last Monday uh, at noon or, or one o'clock. during the day. We talked about all the guys we saw. And just about every time you did an interview, you did it next to yeah. a agent, a. I think the word you're looking for not is an assistant. Influencer. Influencer, yes. Influencer. So to your point, uh, knowing the kids is good and having that relationship with them is good. But how many you folks read our stuff at ugasports.com. You read our stories. And how many of the stories do we mention an influencer, a mom, a dad, an uncle, a coach, a friend, you know, who went with them on their trip, who had a lot to do with uh we the whole KJ Bolden thing. We were there for KJ Bolden and expected him to pick. We knew FSU was in it. We knew George was in it. He we expected him to pick Georgia. He picked FSU because his mom wanted him to go there. He wanted to go to Georgia. His dad wanted to go to Georgia. His mom wanted to go to FSU. So where'd he go? Now well, first at the end he flipped. But you see my point. It's so to hey, when Joe says I'm I'm, I'm not trying to be nice to Joe because I'll make fun of him here a lot, but my point is. When he says uh, Coley knows who the influencers are, uh, uh, when uh, Josh Crawford knows who the influencers are and or can meet, find out who they are and work through them, Dell McGee was the king of that, you know. So uh, kudos to that. So be be cognizant of influ- influencers, agents, family. Who is going to help them make the decision? You can determine that. You're eighty percent of the way to finding out where that kid's going to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of real quick, let me, uh, we mentioned the 2024 class and last time we had Joe on here, we were mentioning some of the, uh, guys on the defensive side of the ball that he liked some that we had low, we could have ranked higher, some that we may have ranked overranked, and, uh, he has some insider stuff there, but what I wanted Joe to do, and we want to put the 2024 class to bed and just talk maybe about the, uh, 2025 class upcoming. We'll talk about that maybe next week. Let me put them up here. Hi, right, Joe Winden. You're on the stage here to tell us who did we overrank, who do we underrank, and what can you tell us about some of the offensive guys? Because yeah, we know Kirby Smart's going to rank get a lot of defensive guys, and if you look in that uh, listing there, there's a lot of really good defensive players. But who do you like in this class offensively, and who did I don't we, want this to be overrank way, but I'm not sure how you guys have these guys ranked, so I'm not sure if. I'm saying they're ranked higher or lower, okay? okay. Yeah, the ranking doesn't really mean a whole lot to me, so I don't follow it. Like That's why Jed ducked out, coward. Okay, But one of the kids that I really am intrigued with and I think is going to play a big role in his time in Athens is Dwight Phillips um, from Pebblebrook. Um, where did y'all have Dwight ranked? Four-star. And four-star four star. is a very, very good player. And we got an eight-at position and 46 in the state. I mean, the state ranking to me, probably low. I don't know that there are 45 players in the state better than Dwight, but maybe I'm a little bit biased. Um, that's not a bomb going off in my office. That's a, a, a stopwatch that I don't know how to reset. So it'll go off in just a second. But Dwight is a speed back slash wide receiver. Some people in the industry would refer to him as a toy, right? So he's the kind of guy that you just want to get the ball into his hands. 
Um, he's got electric speed and he can go from zero to a hundred uh, on an elite, elite level. Right. And yeah, inside uh, zone to the house. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, but I, I think you're going to see them use him like out of the slot some and throwing the ball. Um, if If you guys, paid attention to Isaiah Bond at Alabama this year. I think in the passing game, you'll see a lot of that type stuff right there, that jet sweep, just get him the ball and let him run and be athletic. Um, And, you know, as a running back, you know, he's not going to run a whole lot of power counter downhill type of stuff. I think, you know, he'll get some of those carries to keep the offense balanced. But you're going to see him more on the perimeter. And I think some of that, he'll line up at running back and they'll throw him the ball and get it to him in space. And they'll line him up in the slot and they'll run the jet sweeps with him. But he he's an electric type of player with difference maker speed. I had a chance to meet him when he was in the 10th grade. Um, I went by the school to see him and a couple other kids and – at that point in time, he was like 5'9", 165, right? And um, since then, his body's developed a little bit more. He's still not a 200-pound guy. Probably never will be a 200-pound guy. But he is, uh, he's is he got a really good frame. He's A to B quick, but he's got elite top-end speed. And I think he's a guy that, you know, he's going to do some special things in Athens, in my opinion. Um, just because he's got some different type of speed. Um, the other guy, I think, was, I think we have him 46, and this is just a guess. Uh, because you know, the state is loaded, and I think that may be a little low. I'm sure Del McGee didn't think he was that low, but to your point, I think it was it was the size, you know. Yeah, you look at him those clips, he looks like you know, somebody's little brother out there. Yeah, he's, just, he's, he's, not a, he's not a big, big guy, and so the big question about him is availability right like how healthy can he stay to be on the field um but i think the staff also has had some guys like that in the past and i think they figured out how to for lack of a better term ration their reps so that they don't that they put these guys in position to be successful and they don't use them in ways that they're not really meant to be used, you know, so I, I don't think in, in practice they're going to bang him to death, right? Like there's going to be, a, you know, uh, a, a pitch limit per se on his reps in practice. And it's really like get him to the game and let that speed take over because there's not too many guys in the country that can run like him. Um, and Daniel Calhoun. So Daniel is a kid that um, – Coming out of COVID right there um, as COVID was breaking up, I got him to come to one of my camps, and that was in, like, March of 01. And he was a big kid at the time, but he really didn't know how to play the position as an offensive lineman. And most high school offensive linemen have to learn a lot when they get to college. But Daniel's – family and the the personal coaches that he had, they did a great job of really developing him 
physically and getting him a lot better as an offensive lineman over the last couple of years. And, and there were some services that ranked him as a tackle, and I don't think he'll ever play one snap of tackle in Athens. I think he's a guard and a guard only, but he is a people mover. And at its essence, you win football games by one man moving another man against his will, right? And that's what Daniel Calhoun can do. He can move another man against his will. Um, and for a guy his size, you know, he he has a little bit of flexibility that he needs to work on. But, like, rewind that clip right there, Roddy, that last one. I don't know if you can bring that one back. You see what is elite in that clip, and that is the hip roll and the initial punch out of his first step. Um, and he's, like, there's a lot of big guys that don't have that right there. When you see the hips and the feet, and he's able to move with power and there's velocity in his steps right there. Like that is what makes him different than the rest. Um, you could have a 6'6", 350-pound guy that kind of lumbers off the line of scrimmage. He's not going to move these guys in the SEC. But when you got a guy that's powerful and short area explosive, like right there, with that short area explosion – that's what moves people, and Daniel has that, and he's got lower body strength. And the other thing is, like, that kid's why is there. He enjoys competing day in and day out. He likes the process of getting better, lifting weights, training, working on his footwork. Like, all of those things, you don't have to motivate that kid to do. Like, he wants to do that stuff. Um, and so you have a guy with his – physical size, some of his skill set, and then the why is that he's so motivated to become a better player. That's a recipe for a lot of success. He he could go to Athens and never play and fall on his face, right? Like if, if this stuff was a science, then anybody could do it, right? Two and two right. equal four and the guy's going to be great. But it's not, and a lot of it's between their ears, and I think he has what it takes between his ears to be successful. Um, so I like that in there, he just read that last clip. We showed him, uh, just crashing the whole <laughs> taking that defensive end, throwing him into the uh, three eye technique. And hey, uh, they just walk in for a touchdown. Hey, and Trent, can you tell me again the quarterback? I, I butchered the last name. How do you pronounce his last name again? Puglisi. Puglisi. So, Ryan Puglisi, um. I think for most of your fan base was kind of considered as an afterthought um, in the recruiting process. And if you ask me and who I've talked to in Athens, I think they got their man. They got the guy that they really wanted. Now, real Riola committed early and he had a lot of hype around him. Now, this is not a story that um, I would normally have on a kid from Arizona. However, my sister, who has a different mother than I, grew up in Arizona. She went to high school with the offensive coordinator at the school that Riola came from. So when he shows up in Georgia at Buford, I call 
the coaches at Buford. I have a conversation with them after he had been there for about three months. And they had a lot of great things to say. Then my sister calls me, who happens to be a Georgia football fan. And she says, hey, I got a story for you. And she says, I went to high school with the guy who was his offensive coordinator in Arizona. So she tells me a story. I get his number. I call him. It wasn't the greatest evaluation that I'd ever heard. Okay. However, this guy could have been very bitter that his guy just left. Right. So you kind of watch it play out. And then you watch Buford, all of the talent around Buford. Right. And then they come up a little bit short. I think if you look back at the elite quarterbacks that have came out of high school in Georgia over the last few years, if you can win a state championship as a quarterback in the state of Georgia, you're pretty good, right? If you're a recruit and you win the state championship, right? So you think about that and he came up a little bit short and, and listen, I don't think too many people are going to argue with you when you say he had as much talent available to him to help him be successful than anyone in the country, right, as a quarterback. So when the NIL deal from Nebraska comes up, I think it would be foolish for your fan base to think that if Georgia really wanted him, they could not have matched or beaten the NIL offer, right? Right. I think the pockets, especially right now in Athens, with the success that Kirby has had, they got enough NIL money or they can make a call to get a few more dollars in the NIL fund to take care of the quarterback that they really wanted. So I think if you look at it objectively, they didn't lose real. They let him go. And I think for the industry, it sounds really good to say he flipped from Georgia to Nebraska. That's a story. Letting him go is not as much of a story. Yeah, it's not good for recruiting sites when it's like uh, you have him ranked as your number one guy, number wherever he was at. Exactly. So that, uh, yeah, the, the reigning national champs, are, are they're, they're not as high on him as uh, all the recruiting services are. That doesn't look good. And to your point, I know a lot of people who are involved in that and, you know, got a new agent, the agent comes in and um, says, Hey, this is what we want. And George is like, no. Yeah. It wasn't counter offers. And what, will you take this? And what if we gather this? And then let's make a bunch of phone calls. It was like, no. no and, and I just know with Ryan's summer workout, what those coaches thought of Ryan after his summer workout, they were blown away because the competition level that he plays against in high school, it, it's a little bit hard to know, right? But when you get that guy on your campus around some really good players and then you start putting him through the paces of what you would ask him to do, the reviews from the staff were glowing. I mean, they were super excited. And there was one individual – that asked him about, you know, how do you feel about committing to the University of Georgia knowing that we have Rola committed and he's the number one player in the country? And without hesitation, he said, I'm not afraid to compete with anybody. 
he ought to be afraid of competing with me, right? Like that's to your point. We, we had him on where you're sitting right now. Same exact show. Yeah. Of course, that that uh, Avon Old Farms that looks like Hogwarts up there, man. That is that is a fancy prep school. It, it is it is unique. Uh, they all wear, wear suit and ties to every uh, class. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's fancy place. Uh, but we asked him about that. We're like, you know, what, what kind of football do you have up there? He's like, well, it's different. They play on Saturdays for one thing. You know, yes. on Friday night lights, it's it's completely different. But to your point, and. And again, I don't know if Riola or, and I'm just going to call him Ryan because I can't pronounce the last name <laughs> and I'm not smart enough to remember it. Okay. But I don't know if either one of them are going to be good. Right. I just know that in Athens, they weren't upset when they, when they got the one they got. Trip. I mean, they took uh, Puglisi's commitment first. Yeah. yeah. And, and they took it over Julian Sagan at the time. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to remember. Like, they had another guy who was ready to commit. Who was we had we had, the, we had the commit article in the drafts, ready to publish. And Julian Sayan was calling that night, and uh, Georgia told him to hold off. And Puglisi committed the next week. That was it. That's what I was trying to remember. So that that tells you how big of a uh, is that line up with the summertime trend? Because I don't remember when he committed. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was September is when Julian Sayan was going to commit to Georgia, uh, right around September. And then uh, I, I believe Puglisi committed in October, like first week of October or somewhere around there. Okay, you should tell us right here. Uh, school and I think it was back in 2022. Yeah, 1016. Yep. So. And Dylan Rollo was committed to Ohio State at the time. Mm-hmm. He had committed that summer. And Puglisi had come work out for Georgia, I think, in June – uh, around June of uh, 2022, and then he he shot up to, to the top priority on their board when he came worked out. I, I do want well, to your, to your points. Go ahead, Lance. Sorry. Well, I had talked to um, I think I did a coach's corner um, and talked to Pelosi's coach shortly after uh, signing day, and I think that they had a bunch of schools there the day that Rayola flipped to Georgia and. You know, to to Joe's to Joe's point, like his coach told me straight up, all these cameras got in his face, and we're like, "Are you going to stick with Georgia?" And he didn't. He's the coach said he didn't flinch. He didn't. He didn't. You know, bat an eye, and uh, you know, he he was ready for the competition. And Puglisi, you know, never backed down from that, and he stayed true to Georgia. So, uh, I'll, I'll two two things real quick before we even got an inkling that Nebraska was in it. We were talking uh, about. Uh, we were on the vault. You can go back and do a quick search. You'll find it. We're talking about the quarterbacks. And I said, I like Pugliese better. Mainly, and you got, you know, I'm not an analyst. Joe knows I'm a moron. He's, when he was a GMC, I was down there asking him, hey, who do I need to be interviewing? He gave me a list. Uh, here, you need to talk to Jakar Hamilton and uh, Brown, Trent Brown, and a whole bunch of other guys. And I'm like, okay, you know, he, he knows I don't know anything. And uh, the reason I say I like him more is because I'm just parroting what I heard from the staff within Georgia talking about, you know, they're like, everyone's you know, talking about Rayola because he's number one guy and y'all are filming his games every week. I and mean, we did uh, shout out to Mark Thompson for uh, being at Buford every weekend and putting together clips. But we also paid a guy at Avon All Farms to shoot Puglisi stuff. And I'm sitting here processing film and I'm like, this kid's really good. 
But again, it was all it was based on what the coaches were saying, and that was before we even knew Nebraska was there. We're I was trying to uh, look at the horse race between the two of them. But to your point, uh, it drives me crazy when a kid won't go to a school and have to is worried about the competition at that school because his end, end goal is to make it to the NFL. There are 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. There's 150 that you got to beat out if you want to be one of those guys and you're scared to go one-on-one or one, one against three in the school that you're at. No. no. So I think Pugliese has got the right mindset. You know, you talk about competition. Kind of like what we talked about the last time I was on here. You know, and I, and I really do. You, I don't know if you guys watched Dale's press conference today, but um, he had a press conference today announced officially as the head, uh, head coach at Georgia State. And in that, they were asked about philosophies and program and whatnot. And you know, one of the things he said is, "We're gonna we're gonna find out the kids why, because the why is more important than the height, weight, speed profile." Because you trim you trim the herd by height, weight, speed, profile, right? But then you make decisions on which Ferrari or Lamborghini you're going to take because of their why. And when you get a good feeling about a kid's why, you know, that's that's what it's about. And if you've got the right guys that got the right kind of motivation, you got a chance to be very successful. Um, he, he was a great interview when we had him on this show. So, uh, I, w- I wish we had enough money to do an NIL deal with him. We could have him come on every week. Folks eat it up. Again, he's a quarterback. The quarterbacks are always fun to talk to. Just yeah. cut. Uh, give us another guy on offense. Yeah. So those were some uh, 24s. And I wanted, and I don't know if you're ready to transition to some of these 25s that Georgia has recently offered. Um, yeah, just to, to tell us about him real quick. Um, so there's a, a local kid um, from Hebron Christian that in the last month, I don't know exactly what day, but it was in the last 30 days, um, Georgia offered a wide receiver from Hebron Christian, which is over in Decula. And um, they're one of his early Power Five offers. Um, you know, I think App State and Cincinnati and Indiana kind of got it started for him. But Garrett is a – I've not measured him exactly, but I got up next to him and I'm fairly comfortable in saying he's around 6'3", 180 pounds, um, runs well, really good ball skills, uh, body control is there. Um, you know, BMAC is the one that offered him – so maybe Coley still likes him and they'll stay on him. I'm not sure. What's his um, name? Garrett Kemp. Okay. K-E-M-P. And G-E-R-R-I-T-T. Yes, sorry. And he um, is an outside type wide receiver. Um, hasn't been playing football all that long. Um, you know, and he's playing for Jonathan Guess, who used to be the head coach at Eagles Landing Christian. I had so much success there. And now Guess is at Hebron Christian. And um, in the past, the kids that have came out of Guess's program at Elka and so far at Hebron 
you know, they are hard workers because they put them through their paces daily in the weight room. Um, a lot of times his skill kids like this run track. Um, Kemp also, I think, is a basketball player. Um, I don't know much about him personally. I haven't had him at one of my events, but you just when you watch the tape, you see a long, explosive athlete with good ball skills. And at times you see him flip around and play defense, and he, he's physical at the safety spot. Um, I don't think he's a defensive recruit, but it just shows the mentality that the kid has when you see them turn around and play defense, that they're willing to stick their face in the fan and get physical. A lot of times, yeah. I mean, again, I got up next to him and, and I'm comfortable in saying he's 6'3", 180. He, he might be a little bit bigger, but I would, I'd bet you he's at least 6'3". Um, and uh, he's, he's a guy that I think, I don't know what he's rated right now. It's not rated at all. Okay. But I, I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be a kid that is highly rated within the state and a coveted prospect throughout the country. Um, that was one. And then uh, there's a there's a linebacker over in Mississippi that uh, you guys may know a little bit about named Tyler Lockhart. It's a 25 kid. Um, and I'm intrigued because he's not quite as big as most of the um, edge rusher outside linebackers that um, Georgia recruits. So I think that he may end up as an inside linebacker. Maybe they're, they're looking at, you know, can he play inside? Um, but, or maybe he is explosive and long, but he's just leaner than most of the outside linebackers that they recruit. Um, but he is, you know, he's got the Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, uh, LSU, you know, those types just of murdered a man. Do what? He just murdered oh, yeah. a man on live. He is he he arrives with bad intentions. He is a uh, an explosive, explosive guy. And again, I haven't seen him in person. I haven't got up next to him, but just watching the tape, you see the length of the arms, you see the long legs. You see the high cut butt, you see the skinny ankles, and you see this guy change direction and arrive with sudden power. And all of those traits are traits that you want to work with, you know. And if the plan is, is to put him with inside linebacker where that clip just right there was, where he's reading, reacting, you're going to look at a 6'3, probably 220 pound freshman play an inside linebacker that, you know, after one year, maybe a, possibly a red shirt, you know, you're looking at a guy that's 235 pounds as a second year player. And if he can play inside linebacker, man, you got, you got a, uh, what's the guy that played Alabama that was a big inside linebacker Mosley. I think I got that name, right? Yep. Yeah. So a guy that would probably be similar to him. And, and here's the thing, at 200 pounds and the length and the suddenness that he has, if he ends up staying on the edge, it's okay because, you know, once he gets into nutrition and weights in a place like Athens, like the kid's going to put on mass, right? He's Jalen so, Walker. 
That is a very good comparison. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at him, and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm watching Jalen Walker's tape. Yeah. It's a long, explosive guy. And, again, he's another guy that was just – they just went on him in the last 30 days, so he's probably not real familiar with the fan base. Um, one of the kids that you guys are probably familiar with, and your fans may be also, but I'm – I really love this kid's tape, and it's Zaire Anderson. Um, he's an offensive lineman, uh, a tackle from Sumner, Florida. Uh, Sumner High School, it's in Riverview, Florida, uh, Hillsborough area. It's kind of like Tampa. And, you know, he is – he's a little lean right now, um, but he is long and he is athletic. And if you get some film up of him, you're going to see a big guy who can – absolutely move and change direction an athletic big guy um and he is um you know he might be a little heavier now what we have on him is around 65 270 um and and i think he probably might be a little heavier now what do you guys have 275 so yeah um and i, and we'll I just saw him so yes he um but his feet and athleticism, they are just different than a lot of kids. And, and like, when he plays defensive tackle sometimes, I wouldn't – like, I love him as an offensive tackle, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody takes this kid and makes him a nose guard, defensive tackle type of guy because, I mean, he is explosive and he can move for a big man. And uh, but watch this. Watch his feet right here. How quick that short area of quickness is, and the balance, and just the flexibility, the balance. Like that ain't easy to do, man. Like balance is right. It is hard to find a guy with that kind of length that you know is flexible like that, and and with the frame, you can see him being a. 315, 320 pound grown man, you know, and if he keeps feet like that, you, you got a guy that, I mean, you're not worried about the edge rushers. He can match up with those guys. You know, you don't have to give him help. You don't have to slide to him. You don't have to scheme around his deficiencies, you know? Um, so uh, I, I really like him and, and Georgia went on him recently. Um, so I think that, um, He's a kid that I think you'll you'll hear a lot about Georgia and him in the near future. And and again, I wouldn't be surprised if they like him as a defensive tackle as well. I know most of this tape is that offensive tackle, but the little bit of tape that you do see of him uh, at defensive line, like he's a, an explosive big man. Uh, so I don't think he's out. I, I agree with you. Uh, I went to because last week we were in uh, Carrollton. The week before, I was in Orlando, and I saw him at the uh, Under Armour camp. And yeah. I left that camp. He was my top performer. And they had yeah. – you know, you're in Orlando. You got crazy wideouts. You got crazy DBs, great quarterbacks. But just going through – I mean, just the position drills. He's grunting. He's going full speed. And most of those guys are basically just walking over the bags. He's going through it like it's an NFL uh, tryout, like it's uh, – he's, he's in Indianapolis at the Combine. Yeah. Like this kid gives 110% effort in a unviewed warm-ups 
before his yeah. position, you know, for position drills, before he goes to one-on-ones, down course everybody wants to win on one-on-ones, and he kicked ass in the one-on-ones, which, you know, in those drills, it's not fair to the offensive linemen. They're not in pads, and it's, you know, the defensive line yeah, doesn't worry about the, you know, the running back, you know, it's just straight bull rush and crap like that. But I came out of there saying Addison is the guy. Yeah. And, yeah, he can play either side. So Now, this, this kid may not be in the rivals database. Um, he's a 26 tight end out of Ohio. Georgia has not offered him yet. He just picked up his first offer, uh, last, last week from Syracuse. Uh, but the kid's name is Braden Fogle, F O G L E. I'm saying that he's going to be a tight end right now. He's six, five, two fifteen. Um, he runs really well for a tight end. I don't know that he runs well enough to be an outside wide receiver, but I don't think it's out of the question either because he is so athletic. And if you can't find him in your database, I don't know if you could do a quick huddle search on Braden Fogle, F-O-G-L-E. And um, he's out of Lexington High School in uh, Lexington, Ohio. And he's just a guy that I think Todd Hartley is going to fall in love with when he when he finally sees him. Now they they're on some really really good tight ends already, um, and you may have to get through his basketball stuff to get to his football stuff. Yeah, but we could watch some basketball highlights too. They're they're pretty impressive. Um, but this kid is big, fast, athletic. Um, he, he's, he's kind of a freak show. Yeah. This is the basketball stuff. If you go back to his main page and just go to the videos, I'll, I'll take a kid who can shoot like that. Mike White. Basketball. Yeah. You go back to the main page there and get videos. Yeah. I probably should have emailed this guy to you so you could tell you. No worries. Go straight yeah. to the link. Well, I'll hunt it down here. Still have an internet I, this is the link you want. I'm going to put it in the chat. I don't know if you could click on it from the chat. Yeah. Okay. This is the link to his sophomore football highlight. Um, and it'll take you straight to it. As soon as it pops up there. And again, your fan base may not even like want to watch this kid because Georgia hasn't offered him yet, but he's. I watched this kid and I was very excited. And now this is his 10th grade film. Right now he's in the 10th grade. Um, that's a 10th grader? That's a 10th grader. Yeah. He's right there. And, and, and I think he's going to end up. Jesus. Watch this. Watch this catch. Ooh. And he, he can run too, man, for a tight end. Like for a wide outside wide receiver, I you know, the speed is questionable. But once you attach him as a tight end, like, okay, that's a little different in there. And the body control, the hands, you know, the question is, will he will he stick his face in the fan and block people, right? Um, and and that's what you're gonna ultimately find out over the next two seasons. But if he if he ends up being around 230, 235 pounds at 6'5", 6'6", maybe he gets to 6'7", 
you know, I mean, it's it's a big athletic dude right here. Now you're going to go into Ohio and beat Ohio State on a kid like him. It's going to be tough. But uh, you know, I, this guy, this guy is exciting. <laughs> that's 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 one. That's one to keep an eye on there. Um, something uh, we got questions real quick. Let's uh, hit up a couple questions and we'll end the show there. Uh, of course, uh, Joe Dog wants to know uh, as a sole member of the rankings committee, when did uh, Jed base sour on Elijah Griffin and drop him to all the way to number seven? Yeah, we got to get Jed on here. He's got to answer for these rankings, man. That's just that's unacceptable, Jed. Oh, how about Elijah Griffin's freshman outside linebacker, defensive end teammate? You guys know much about he, him? Yeah, he. I saw him play. He a freak show. He's he's huge. His name slipped. Well, Damian Guyton. Yeah, um, yeah. He um, at, at at national preps, we we got these different like internal. We talk about kids. Yeah, he's a really good player. He's a freak show, or that kid's an alien, right? Like he's just he's just. <laughs> Like an alien, like he's got different DNA than other human beings. <laughs> I remember, Jed, I remember Jed went to the Savannah Christian Islands high school game and then came back and was like, "Yeah, I saw Elijah Griffin play, but there's this kid named Ladamian Guyton." Who, I mean, just I'm like, "Hey, you want to talk to us about you know a top five player that you interviewed and he didn't want to? You want to talk about? Yeah, he wanted to. He's like, and then listen, Elijah Griffin is an alien also." Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, for you, I don't say overshadowed because that's an unfair characterization. But for you to come back from a trip like that and to be talking about someone on the same plane as an Elijah Griffin or a David Sanders, you know, or a Juju Lewis, you're like, you know, just kind of gaga over it. And Jed, you know him. He's so even keeled. When he comes yeah. back raving about something, you know, the, the, it's, it's real. So. He's, he's I mean, we, we have him on his profile listed at 6'3", 225. I'd say he's probably 6'4". Six, probably six, uh, it looked like he looked like he was like 6'4", 240 in the state championship game against uh, Cedar Grove. Yeah, that's a second mean, Yeah, so you think three more years of growing. I mean, it's not unrealistic to say that that kid ends up being like 6'6", 270. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> – and like and like he can move too. I mean, he's and he's like a cut and he's like a cut to twenty five. I would. I mean, obviously not, but it's all muscle and and he's already got offers from it looks like Georgia, Oregon, Florida, Florida State, South Carolina. So mm-hmm. it's probably gonna have have him as his next five star soon. All right, uh, BKUGA says with Coley back, what wide receiver should be? <laughs> Let's say, do we know that answer yet? Because that seems a bit early. I'm not sure who he was on at South Carolina because he had just gotten hired over there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be. I mean, the coaches let the coaches get back on the road, and we'll see see what his priorities are. I mean, you, you have to look in state, um, like a Travis Smith. Um, and you have to look at some guys down in Florida. You know, he does have those Texas, uh, those Texas connections now, and and that's what he didn't have. Prior, I mean, That's being a good point. I forgot Texas. about the yeah. roads in Texas. So, I mean, that just adds another weapon to his arsenal. So, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, hey, BK, I, we, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trent. That, I think the 
who he's going to go after will be determined. What is like priority list? Um, I'm not even sure he knows that yet because you're, you're recruiting different kids. I mean, you might be recruiting some of the same kids, but at Georgia and South Carolina, you, you know, oftentimes see a different dimension type of kid. Um, uh, South Carolina doesn't always land the top tier guys. You know, they might be after some of them, but they're not going to waste their time on some on some of them that they know that they're not going to get. So there might be different guys that, that Coley's on at University of Georgia, and I think that'll be determined. You know, when he gets when he gets you know in office, able to get out and recruit, and I'm sure he's already making phone calls. But uh, we'll see what that list is when he gets out and, and starts visiting. That that is a good uh, article that we will put together. I like that. We'll go down that one real quick. Okay, Cajun Dog says, please rank our priorities running back in the 2025 class and how many do we sign after uh, Bo Walker? Uh, that is a tough question because we don't know their board, but uh, you guys, let me give this a shot here and then you guys tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, looking over some of the guys that they've you know offered, I got the offer list here, you know, Justin Baker, Harlan Berry, Ivan Nars. We spoke to Alvin Henderson. They recently, we had a story on him uh, out of uh, Elba, Alabama. Alvin Henderson, you definitely want him. I talked to uh, Tavion Swint, who's committed to UCF. He hears from Georgia just about every day. Uh, of course, Chroma, that's a big one out of Leesburg, Georgia. Jordan Davison was Nate Frazier's yeah. teammate. Yeah. So, yeah. which I, I love Chroma. I mean, I, has, has, like, has anybody, Deer, we saw him the other day. That guy is. Yeah. Has anyone got a legitimate speed time on Chroma? I do not. I, Jed, I'm going to go see him last he, week. I don't think he's ran for anybody either. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think he. I, I think that's the big question on the kid. Like, he breaks tons of tackles, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not going to run over SEC linebackers. It ain't happening. No matter who you are, right? So yeah, but he is six two 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 eighteen. <laughs> yeah, he he's not he's not running through the SEC in the Big Ten. So. Um, I think with Chroma, you might want to look for some type of people knowing what kind of speed he has because he does not run a whole lot of people in high school. Yeah. Of course, we've also had updates on Donovan Johnson. The thing is, we don't know which one is there, like 1A, then they're 1B. We can only tell you the guys that are talking to – that they're talking to, hey, I hear from Del McGee or – now Josh Crawford daily, or I hear from them weekly, or I hear from them all the time. Hey, I'm visiting a lot. So that 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 is we can give you kind of the guys that they're focused on, and you know, some of these others, not so much. The as for number, see how many guys go with Dell McGee. See how many guys transfer after the spring practice, whether or not I, they'll definitely take two. So you got Bo Walker and then one more. But as for another one, I think the transfer portal and any um the word attrition would account for whether or not they took a third, but I definitely think they would take two in this class and not just one. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot's going to depend on what you know, they get to spring practice, see what, uh, and I know two of the freshmen or uh, is it two of the freshmen that are not on campus yet, right. but, yeah. um, but you brought three, three guys in, you, you really had three young guys returning uh, one coming off injury. And then you brought in uh, ETN. So I, I think it's going to all depend on uh, what the reps look like. I think you can hold on to some of the freshmen, uh, even if you know they're lower on reps next year. But those sophomores, um, it'll be interesting to see which ones decide to you know 
explore uh, a different direction, see how health, healthy Branson is coming off the injury. Um, I, I think there's a lot of question marks in the running back room right now besides ETN. Uh, yeah. and, and I guess the question mark with him is his blocking. <laughs> so. well, yeah. Who, who's your number two right now? I mean, if healthy Branson, but you don't know you, how you got to say if. Uh, that's what I said. If it's not Branson, it's Roderick. But right. uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's it's not a it's not set in stone. And, uh, Southern Dog says, uh, does the hire of Josh Crawford help us with Eric Singleton Jr.? <laughs> uh, I'm sure it does. Good, good luck getting him. It is going to help you a lot with uh, Travis Smith, though. Let me pull that one up. Um, trying to find him. Where was uh, – yeah, this is from uh, one of our guys within the network. He says, uh, hey, that's a strong hire getting uh, uh, Josh Crawford. You should have hired him as a wide receivers coach, to be honest. That's going to help a lot with Travis Smith as if uh, he needed as if he needed more help there. So, yeah. Uh, I wonder if you bring it in two, you know, Georgia struggles with wide receivers, bringing in two guys that can evaluate the position the way they can to, uh, you know, Georgia's running back is kind of a, and I know Dell is a big part of it, but, you know, bringing in running back after running back is kind of a, uh, it, you know, every year thing for Georgia now and, and, you know, struggling recruiting wide receivers. Now you got two guys evaluating that position. Um, and not only two, you got Bobo, of course, but uh, two guys that can be hands on in the recruitment. Um, and landing some of these guys. That's interesting way to go, to, to go about it. But no, if, uh, if Singleton were to ever hit the transfer portal, absolutely. I mean, especially after that freshman year he had, <laughs> he's like, hey, I can go play at Georgia for my position coach, you know. Well, not for my position coach. He'll be moving But with my former position coach, it does. That's why I'm like, hey. But, again, I'm not going to say, yes, it helps, because that would be tampering. There's no tampering in college football. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let me double check. I think that was all the questions we had. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Wait. No, I think there were some from last week that got thrown in at the end here. Um, oh, that was it. We got them all. Awesome. Uh, real quick, I do want to mention our friends at uh, the Rogue Shop. The Rogue Shop is basically a fantastic story of a former uh, military guy, a veteran, who was having chronic pain and could not get enough help to fix his pain. So he found some anti-inflammatories and uh, cabinoids and started the, uh, the gummies and stuff with Delta-8 in them, Delta-9 now, uh, THC, and he and his wife created the Rogue Shop. They are still in it. We're going to have them on our show here to answer some of your questions. And I want you to get to know Richard. He is a fantastic guy. And he started this not to make it rich. He, he's a Texas football fan. A former Army guy. Loves college football. Uh, that's why he advertises on a bunch of college football shows. But his story is pretty neat. And we want to have him on to explain it. And talk about the quality control he does. The testing that he does. And the fact that he invented stuff to help you with if you have chronic pain, that was his story. If you have problems sleeping, uh, some of my friends, they have that. Like the uh, Delta-8 uh, 275 milligram ones. It's a very potent sleeping aid and for chronic pain. <clears throat> if you have chronic pain, you have back issues, or you just like uh, THC products, 
hit up our friends at uh, the Rogue Shop, uh, rogueshop.com, and use promo code BULLDOGS10, B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S-1-0, and you'll get 10% off your order at the Rogue Shop. So hit them up when you get the chance. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week's show. We really want to thank uh, Joe Winden for coming on. Uh, you got to follow him on uh, Twitter. Joe, what's your Twitter handle? It's uh, JoeWin35. JoeWin35. Follow him. The guy knows recruiting, as you can see. He knows who the new offers are. He's got insider stories because he talks to all the coaches in the business. Coaches all over the nation subscribe to his scouting service. Okay, it's not like subscribing to Rivals or 24-7 Ron 3 like that where you're getting news. They subscribe to him. They pay tens of thousands of dollars in order to find out about guys like Fogel before anybody else. So if you want to get it on a tight end who's going to blow up, you know, Fogel or Guyton or something like that, that's why these coaches who are always trying to get a leg up, they pay Joe for that information. And we have Joe come on here. So the least you can do is follow him because when he has his uh, camps and um, – I got a camp coming up. Can I plug it real quick? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, If you go to my Twitter, you'll see a flyer, March 17th in Macon. Any kid that is going to be in high school next year, so current eighth grader through a current junior, um, you can come. It's only 40 bucks. We're not trying to break the bank and make money off a camp. Um, You come, get verified measurables, work out for about 45 minutes to an hour and uh, each kid will be put into the national preps database and then we'll evaluate them and send out the ones we feel like can help our clients. So if you're one of those kids or you know one of those kids, then uh, go right. That's old boy. Yeah, but that will fill out a questionnaire, but but the one that's pinned to the top of the profile there, Roddy, no, I'm just kind of going through. I'm looking. I'm looking at all. Oh, stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just go through all your stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> so that one right there. That's March 17th in Macon, and um, there's a link to register there or to find Is out. It right outside your house, you lazy butt. Yeah, exactly. It's right up the road. So, <laughs> but it's also in the middle of the state. So, if you're on the <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. It's only two hours. If you're in Valdosta, it's only two hours. So. Yeah. All right, I got you, baby. I got you. All right, for uh, Lance, uh, Joe Winden, and Trent, I'm Roddy, and we appreciate all of you joining us, and we will see you all uh, later. Y'all take care.